0: You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of 3, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you
1: can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode
0: number 60. Dude Dude,
1: that's for real. We're podcasting <laughs> we every time. We, li- I mean, literally, guys. <laughs> literally. Every, every time we get on here, we're like, wait, which episode are we on? Oh man, and then it just feels more legitimate too.
0: Yeah, episode number sixty, and we are excited about today's episode. We have really awesome guests to tell you about, and super relevant if you're listening to this in twenty twenty, especially fall twenty twenty. Are we fall yet?
1: I mean, we're Ish, we're headed almost. there.
0: Yeah, um, super relevant, and I think that if you're a parent. You are going to take away gold from this episode, so Chris, who are we talking to today?
1: Yeah, so we talked to Mr. Chaz Lewis today. Jonathan found him on TikTok, and uh, he will he will kind of explain where to find him on the show. I think we cover that in the in the very beginning, but Chad, uh, Chad, Chad, Chaz is an educational specialist, uh, and we specifically honed in today, guys, on homeschool and distance learning and how to. How to be successful um, in the crazy times we're in right now with those two things.
0: So without further ado, here's
1: Mr. Chaz. Mr. Chaz Lewis. Chaz Lewis, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast, man. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.
2: Excited to be here. Mr.
0: Chaz Chaz in the house. (laughs) We are excited to have you. Chaz for anybody. Oh, I probably already am gonna say this in the intro, but we found you on TikTok and you are teach tick teach talk, tick teach talk, right?
2: Tick teach talk, yes. right? Tick teach talk, but it's T-I-C-K is the tick.
0: Ah mm. okay, that's important. But that's how we found you. That's how we decided that we needed to have you on our podcast today. And so we just want to dive right in with talking a little bit about who you are and why we want to have you on here. So
1: yeah well, first and foremost uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your your background in understanding understanding kids and child development and all all that good stuff
2: okay, cool. so um, I'll try to make this as wrap wrap as condensed as possible. um just' kind of like my story and kind of how i've I've got here. um I really started working in the early education industry about nineteen years ago. i You know, really just came in because I was looking for a job, to be honest, and um, really kind of got thrown in the classroom. Yeah, there was some training, but there is... There is no, there's no training that can prepare you in three days to deal with what I dealt with with going into the classroom with 30 children from three to five. And it was a Montessori classroom. Um, and I really struggled with it. Um, it was really challenging for me and I understood the the gravity of what I was doing and how I was impacting the lives of children. So it was really hard for me. But over time, through just having a, a lot of, finding a lot of great mentors, the company that I work for has, you know, really great training program with a lot of really great and also influential people who are doing things kind of now like around the world. Um, You know, just being trained and and learning from them Um, and then just the constant reflection, um, constant yearning and looking for answers and looking for new strategies, ideas and testing ideas and doing things in a thousand different ways. Not always the best way, um, but, you know, but eventually finding a better and better and better ways to do things, um, and learning and growing is kind of how I got to be kind of Mr. Chaz in my own kind of community in space. Um, I eventually, uh, I've moved into a lead teacher position and then eventually moved into an educational specialist position, which is what I do now. Pretty much I teach teachers to teach. I do trainings um, and I work in a district of nine different schools. So I go pretty much from school to school to school. And I like to say, like, I'm like the kind of I don't know if anyone out there watches Scandal, but like the Olivia Pope of like my school, like they come in, they call like when there's a problem or there's like a challenge that they don't know how to handle, I'm the person that they call, but I'm also not just there to go towards the problems. I'm also helping with on the front end, like the the, the onboarding and the training and all that stuff. And that's something I'm super passionate about because like I said, you know, when I first started, like I remember how much I struggled. And I literally, guys, I remember literally like going on break and like crying in the car um, just because I didn't not wanting to come back and just like my body, like the stress in my body would just like not allow me to come back. But I, like I, I put one foot in front of the other, and I and I always did come back and you know learn, 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 learn. Um, so kind of fast forward a little bit more. I've been in my space doing my job pretty successfully. Um, then COVID hit. Then I noticed all well, all the kids pretty much who were in the schools went home to the parents. Um, and, you know, me being really passionate about helping teachers and, and, and parents to help the kids, um, I, 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 like, I, I realized that there was something like I needed to pivot. There was something else like I needed to do to help the parents because the parents were now the teachers and the parents now. Like they were they were doing both of those roles um, and they were with their kids 24/7 now. Um and I really saw how, you know, that how challenging and, and how, you know, how much of a struggle that was in taking on that new endeavor. So then I started to make, you know, I'm like okay, well I see how there's also big traffic on TikTok and you know that's where people's attention is right now during this quarantine while they're at home. Um and that's how a lot of people, you know, almost de-stress and recharge from, you know, you know, being with their kids, um, maybe during like a nap time. And so I started to create content, you know, that was engaging, easy, easily digestible, that that would be really beneficial to parents. Um, And then it just started to grow, grow, grow. And I started to get more and more comments and messages about like, wow, like I'm using your techniques and your strategies. And it's, it's completely changed, you know, my life, my children's life, our household, it feels different. Like, and You know, I feel better about what I'm doing with my child and it's so much that the things that I'm doing with my child are so much more effective and successful now. And I see them learning and growing and things like language. And so that's kind of how, you know, I kind of got here and then it started. Now it's kind of expanding to other platforms, Instagram, um, Facebook. I have a podcast on get vocal. I'm also on Spotify and uh, on Apple podcast too. Um, And that's just still starting to grow. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. Um, And, you know, I have I have a, you know, one more thing I would like to mention, that I think is kind of unique to me um, that is different from a lot of other people kind of in the education space is that um, I have a master's in, you know, on top of working with thousands, thousands of kids and seeing patterns and, and just just, you know, on top of that, I have a master's in executive leadership. Um, one of the big things about that is that, you know, if you, if you hear teachers, you know, talk all the time, you know, like what's their big complaint, you know, management, leadership, administration. Um, and there's a huge, there, there's, there's a huge leadership deficit. Um, and I think, and, and, you know, and not to just like, like, not just like bash principals and administrators, because I think it is a, it's a systematic thing with the education system that then is pushed down, and pushed down. But, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we can do as leaders to intervene as we're pushing things down to the to the to, to teachers um, and also now parents. Because, again, now parents are, again, teachers or co-teachers or whatever you want to call the role is um, with the distance learning, which we're going to talk about more, which I'm excited to mm-hmm. Um but, you know, how we treat teachers and the environment and what, how we set up teachers for success is going to greatly impact how we set how how teachers set up children for success. Um, and so that's been a big thing. And that's and, and I also think that's why I've been able to connect so much with the, you know, the parents and the teachers, because I've been able to communicate it in a way that maybe, you know, you know, maybe you no. Know, People who have been in this space use a lot of lingo and jargon, but I, I think I use a lot of relatable language and and metaphors and things that make it easy for the common person who doesn't have an, you know, an early education degree to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I'm kind of like that bridge you know, almost between I'm 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 a lot of bridges um, yeah. between the 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 child and the parent Um, sometimes the 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 like the the studies and the information and the teachers and the parent um, and so that's kind of who I am. That's how I got here, and that's kind of you know where I come from. That's me, <laughs>
0: and then here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: man. No, dude. That
1: that is awesome, man. Uh, so, I think what we really want to hone in on is what you just said is is you have so much experience with the with the teachers and teaching the teachers how to teach these students. I said teach like 10 times there, right? But the reality is that we are in times like we've never seen before and more people are homeschooling and doing virtual learning than ever before. And so all of the amazing things that you're doing on TikTok and all of those incredible techniques and things like that, we want so badly to be able to um, to help parents right now who are listening to this show or or even on your live right now. who are like, okay, Chaz, here's the deal, man. Like I am now going to be teacher on top of mom or on top of dad and all these things. And now what I need more than anything is I need to figure out how to take my kids that were, you know, watching TV doing all these things in the summer and now shift it to now I'm teacher. So how do we even begin that journey? Um,
2: Man. So I think the, everything always begins with, you know, knowing who your children are knowing the child, knowing who your children are um, and and in and, and, and the relationship that you have with them. Um, now, as because you guys are parents, you guys already have a relationship with your kids, which is a plus. Um, but it also means that they're probably like you said, in the summertime, it, it's a completely different shift. It's a lot easier to make the shift. You know, for a child when they're going into a completely different environment with completely different people, um, and you know, and and making it, it's easier to be like, okay, at home I'm this way. This these set of rules. Okay, at school, it's these set of rules with these people, and it's a lot easier to make that shift. Now you have to make that shift without that location change. But there are definitely things you can do with the environment to to make it feel like the location change. Like like you know, it's for the, the mindset shift of okay, I'm at home and now I'm at school. Um and it's definitely gonna vary on age, on age and temperament on how you do it. Um so one big thing that I've like that i that, that i push even not just for the distance learning but even just helping children through transitions or is doing a, a visual schedule um and this is even helpful for adults who especially you know you have four kids you know keeping everything you know and, and it's keeping everything on top of everything and just being aware of the time as things you know unexpected happen as they inevitably will um is really important and 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 the reason why i say a visual schedule more than just a schedule now yes a a rhythm of the day is important um and it's kind of like bare minimum for them to know like okay so i know after breakfast then it's math After math then it's this then it's and you know that's really important but especially for young children for them to be able to really see it and refer to it and for you to refer to it and for you to even in the beginning of the day set up like, okay, so this is what the day is going to look like. Um, so that they can process it in their mind. So when they have to move from one thing to another, they've already had time to process. One of the ways that I like think of, I talk about this in terms of like why it's so important to like let children know what's coming up and communicate that in a variety of different ways is, you know, when you are and especially when they're immersed and really focused on something like imagine you're doing something that you deem really important or even something that you really enjoy. Right. Let's say like, okay, we can do both. So either maybe you're doing taxes and you really want to get it done. You're just like, I just need to get this out of the way. I just need to get this off of my plate. Um, Or you're doing something that you really enjoy. Um, What's something that you guys like really like to enjoy or do um, on in the, like just free time.
0: How about just having alone time as a mom? Or if we go out and do something, I'm the little kid who doesn't want to go home. I want. That's <laughs> true.
1: It's definitely so, true. She probably wishes bars were open until like four a.m. instead of yeah.
0: two.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Or, or, the bar. Or
0: video games for Chris. Well, okay,
2: video
1: games used to be. Now I just need you know focused work time.
2: Right. Right. So. Yeah. Right. So Whatever the case, all of the scenarios work. Imagine you're you're, you're doing you're, you're doing the taxes, or you're at the bar, or you're at you know you're playing. You're really into the the, the video game, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm in it. I'm here. Like, if you're oh, you're getting real competitive, you're talking back and forth, right? And then someone immediately is like, "Stop what you're doing, and come do this thing that I need you to do that is important to me." Wait, are we talking about wives here? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just oh. in general.
0: <laughs> okay, okay <you> know? <laughs> Chris.
1: Okay, Chris. I mean, I'm the edgy one on the show, so you'll you'll figure okay, that Chris. out quick.
2: <laughs> and you know but You know, and I and I've heard that before. You know, I've you know that's something that that's not the first time where I've heard you know the the, the husband make a comment like that. But it's but it's so true, and we all feel that way when that happens. Now. Now, now let's same scenario and it's okay. third, like last call, right? That's why they do last call at the bar. So they let, so, you know, it's coming. If you went to go to the bar and and you're like, oh, where's my drink? Like, oh, we're not serving drinks anymore. You'd be pretty PO'd or pretty like upset or frustrated, true. you know, as opposed if they, you know, didn't do the last call, right? Same thing with the games, like, hey, in 20 minutes, you know, we need to do this. I need to move some furniture or whatever it is. Then you can like, okay, I can finish up this game. You know, you have time to process do I have time for another game or not, you know, and then you can, you can kind of like mentally wrap that up. Same thing with the, you know, with the time. It's the same thing for kids need to know what's happening next so they can process it. Um, and then they can more easily move towards the next thing. Another thing that I would um, suggest for parents out there to get is a visual timer too, so they can, They can physically see the time because especially for young children, time is kind of like an ambiguous thing that doesn't really – that they don't really fully grasp the concept of time. Yeah, I'm
0: like five minutes and then five minutes pass and they're like, what? We just got started or an hour and they throw a major temper tantrum. So it sounds to me like it literally just comes down to expectations just like Mm -hmm. with us as adults like you're saying when expectations aren't what we – Expect right, then we get frustrated, and and kind of like you and I, Chaz, talked before we actually recorded. Uh, I think it comes down to us realizing that our little tiny humans are actually little tiny humans who work similarly to us, but we but not like right, you know? and and
1: they don't have as much control That's what I mean, over yeah. their emotions right. and all those things. And so, you know, when people go through your TikToks, which is tick. Teach talk everybody right. So <laughs> when when people go through your TikToks, I think people can get these really good, um, like very very quickly, easily digestible. easily digestible things. Especially on on that exact point that John just made. So so how can we how can we expand on like okay? So let's kind of take it back to all right. So let's say that we start school next week with our kids. They've been watching TV. They've, they've been doing all that stuff. We say okay, girls, we are gonna. We are going to have a time to do school. So, so far, what I'm getting from this is one, a visual schedule is very important, which Donna does a good job at. um, And we've definitely seen that work. And I'm uh,
0: consistent with it. Our oldest really thrives on knowing and she gets excited. Even if the work is chores or something she doesn't want to do, her seeing it and being able to check it off, she is so much more compliant. So we have not really done that with the littler ones yet, um, but our five-year-old really does well. With that, so yes, visual schedule. Then the visual I love the timer.
1: timer, yeah. Which we need to get one. Oh, no. I can you, can you hear us?
0: Did we disappear?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. Oh, okay. Oh. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs> we need to get we need to get timers. So, would you suggest having different timers for different? Because we've got five, three, two, and new. <laughs> so, should yeah. they all have not the baby, obviously, but should the ones who are doing school should they all have a timer like their own?
2: Um, I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be beneficial, especially if you're all doing different kind of learning things at the same time, which you're probably going to be doing. Um, yeah. I think it, it would be beneficial. You probably could work it out in a way if you had got like just one or two of just, you know, both of both of your, um, you know, and if they're in the same room, maybe. Both of their activities or both of their things, their workbooks or whatever they're doing is ending around the same time. You can manage okay. it like that, so you don't necessarily have to buy one for each child. But if you do, I think it would only be more effective and be more beneficial. And you know, they take more ownership of it, and you can even, they could even label it and like personalize their own timer. So it's like something that they're a part of too. Because anything that they're a part of doing, the more that they're going to be more invested in, and the more okay. that they're going to move towards. Same thing with. Adults too, but you know, like you know, definitely for children as well. Love
0: that. I love that. So I have a question. So my friend and I, I have one friend who's starting to do homeschooling after her child's been in traditional public school, and then there's others of us like myself who are just jumping into homeschooling, and then some who are going into virtual learning, and we're all already having the same problem of, I'm mom and they don't respect me like they do their teacher. They don't want to listen to me when I'm trying to tell them this is important. They're, you know, especially my oldest, she's wanting to goof off and doing things that she, I know she didn't do when she was in preschool because her teachers always raved about her behavior. So how do we, I know, I know we're going through the steps here, the schedule and stuff, but how do we shift from mom to teacher and actually get them to listen without us losing our patience? Because, You know, I I want them to just do it. Like I said, I want you to do it, so just do it. But I know that that's not how their little brains work.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, there 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 there's there's a lot of parts to this that I want to address. So one, uh, answering your question just directly, you know, you know. So for your for your your your, the first example you're giving, five year old.
0: We have a five year old who did a couple months of preschool, but that's all. Like outside of the home.
2: Yeah. So um, one is just is is having those conversations a- ahead of time um, and just knowing and, and just, a- again, kind of another way of setting up the expectations of what she's going to be expected to do and what's going to happen and just l- letting her process ahead of time. Now, another thing that you can do um, to make it kind of, you know, play- playful, but still serious is you could literally... Um, And I think, and the disclaimer in, in this is that I, different, I think you'll get different results with different children, but this is just, I'm going to throw this out there for someone, for people to maybe try is, you know, you can literally put like your teacher hat on. It's like, okay, we're in teacher mode, just a physical thing. You Associations, know, yeah, like, I like that exactly like going into the separate room you know creating a space for the virtual learning or the homeschool learning of just separate from their, you know and i don't know how many places you have in 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 your house i know you right now you guys are in the podcast room but you know if, if if and and I don't know exactly how to work it out. And I know Chris, you you know, you're like, I no, like this is gotta he's getting
0: got to, nervous about what you're about to say. I know, I know.
2: Don't you dare take this room from me. <laughs> but maybe if you could find some room that is different than you know, the typical rooms that they're that they play in that's different from the playroom, that's maybe different from their room.
0: Oh, uh, I it- just set up a homeschool space.
2: In a the corner playroom. in
0: the playroom, because I was thinking that the two year old could play and be around while we were doing it. Um, but I hear you, though, because they still associate it, just like we were doing things right. at the kitchen table and they were just all over the place because like this is where we eat. Now we're suddenly doing school here, too. And and stuff. So um, that actually was one of my questions. So you suggest having a separate space that's only connected with this is where we do
2: schoolwork that would be more helpful um that would be more helpful now um you know the other thing that i really want to say and i really want to emphasize about uh distance learning uh, especially but this definitely applies to homeschool um to um in a hybrid it, it it just applies to teaching kids um let me first directly address distance learning though um you have to, like I said, you have to be attuned and know your children and know, you know, what their abilities are, you know, what their, you know, capacity for how long that they can focus on a certain kind of task. Um, And, you know, I, you know, I know that a lot of kids and a lot of parents, well, a lot of parents are going to go into the expectation um, and maybe teachers um, but teachers probably have maybe a maybe a little bit more realistic expectation because, but maybe not um, of how long that child is going to sit in front of the computer, you know, listening and, and passively listening to a teacher passive without actively doing something, without actively interacting with whatever they're learning, without touching something. Um, and you know, I've already been talking to because in some parts of the country, distance learning is already starting. I've already been talking to parents and. So like my kid just gets up and walks away, right? Um, and I imagine that's going to be the case or is the case for a lot of children. Um, and I've been looking at the schedules, and it does not, the schedule does not specifically say anything in there with about physical activity. And children need yeah. physical activity. Um, you know, we have and, and it is. What helps the academics go up, the, the, the traditional standards of the academics and helps children learn more is like they need to, and some more than others, granted, and that's why it's about knowing your child and knowing what, you know, you know who they are and what their temperament is. Um, but, you know, children who are able to run around, you know, like play, jump on things, climb, take risks, go to the playground, children who are, have are able to do that will be also be able to, you know, focus on some of those more sit down and and focus on this math problem kind of activities or focus on reading kind of activities. Um, but what I'm, my big concern is that because this schedule sp- doesn't specifically have time, doesn't block out time for recess or like physical activity or play, that parents and teachers are gonna go into it thinking that like, you know, You need to, so you need to do your, you know, you need to be sitting for this whole period of time if you're not, and if you're not, if you do get fatigued from sitting and listening and watching, you know, my hypothesis is that a lot of parents are going to do what a lot of teachers fall into the trap of doing. And by just pushing more for them to focus more and yelling and, and, and just like trying to, put more pressure on them to just sit down and focus when they may not be able to. Um, And, and by us pushing them to it, pushing, just pushing harder, we could one, be creating a negative association with learning and more specifically distance learning, because this is something new. And this is their only, this is their experience with it. Um, Two, you know, have a negative association with, you know, that subject or whatever that is, or them thinking I'm not good at it or whatever it is. Um, And then three, also hurting, you know, our relationship with the child because we're not really seeing them in that moment. So my, my, what, what I say to do, when you're noticing that when you're observing that is one communicate, you parents are co-teachers with, with the teachers, with the distance learning zoom, zoom, Google meet, whatever, they're using with the distance learning teachers your co-teachers think of yourself as a co-teacher um, because you know they're not able the teachers from the screen aren't really able to it's a little bit harder to you know read the crowd and adjust what you're doing and you know where they may have had a little bit more of that flexibility of all right we need a brain break I'm observing I feel it in the room we need a brain break let's get up let's move let's do go noodle let's do something for 10 15 minutes and then go back into learning or you know, let's do let's teach this in a way that is more active and more hands on um, so that it is it is hitting the you know, it is reaching the different learning styles. Um, and and so, like what I would say is identify what the learning goals are for, you know, each the, the, the teacher, the subject or whatever the class is. Try to figure out what those learning goals are, and maybe if your child's getting up and walking away, or they're just really frustrated by just sitting and watching, you know, try to teach it in, you know, take that learning goal and try to teach it in a different way. And notice when they do need a break, and you know, maybe even create a routine of, you know, jumping jacks, whatever it is, they need to do a little gymnastics, they need to dance a little bit, and then go back into it. Um, but that all has to be really in really good communication with the teacher so that they, you know, because you're working you guys are we're we're a team.
1: Right. Chad, I have a question for you. So, this is something that I think is super interesting. You talk about focus and I know as as an entrepreneur, you know, just studying people in marketing, like we are literally at the point where we got 9 seconds to get a hold of people's attention if that, right? Yeah. And so how can we expect our kids to focus anymore in a day and age when like literally we are constantly um constantly overstimulated. So my question to you would be, um do you think there's incredible benefit to maybe starting our morning and making sure that they don't get it like let's put it this way. So let's say so let's say um this is a terrible example, but it's all I can think of the difference between probably like weed and like hardcore drugs, right?
0: Where are we going with this? I know it's a terrible (laughs)
1: example, but hear me out, right? So so The reality is when a kid wakes up, they watch YouTube, they watch TV, they get on a tablet, they play video games. That's the hardcore drugs. Then we are trying to back them down to something that's not nearly as exciting, which is school. So for that reason, do you think think there's any uh, merit behind saying like we probably shouldn't put screens and things like that in front of our kids before school, because they won't be able to shift and enjoy it even close to as much. Terrible example. I know,
2: but hopefully get the point. No, I think, no, I think you make a really good point. Actually. Um, And I I actually love the metaphor, Um, you know, and I, and I would say, I would say that instead of because people use a lot of times use, you know, drugs to meet another need, um, that isn't fulfilled within themselves um, instead of another more natural, more healthy way to meet that need. And what I would say instead of the, you know, instead of, so maybe they do need the, the maybe right now because the way the world is, they, they need the marijuana distance learning. That's what's being pushed on everyone. Um, but we can still teach them how to meet their needs and, you know, their, their natural needs in other ways, Um like like going outside and playing that's not a drug that's more of a you know that that would be more the maybe meditation right um or the the more of just reflective you know you know listening or just just more understanding and being able to the the breathing techniques or something like that so so that went so that way when they go to the um when they do distance learning, there are they're more regulated than what they would be if they had the super stimulation of the video games and 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 all that stuff.
1: So keeping them away from those things is is maybe like a tip to say, like, yeah, we probably don't want to expose them to level ten. And then just because we're playing and exciting excited with them, it's still like a level six com- comparatively.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to ask if you feel like it'd be a good idea for those of us who are either homeschooling or distance learning to s- try to start them with their day of doing some kind of fun physical activity, whether it's outside, going for a walk, doing dance, get you know, changing their state. But all I can think about as we're talking about this is the parents who are working and who aren't going to be able to just do their whole day monitoring the... And then they have
1: to sit their kid in front of a screen for hours. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. How how, how can parents, I don't understand. Do you have any suggestions or have you talked to anybody to see how these working parents are, are able to manage all of this?
2: Yeah. Um, And it's, it's tough and it, there there's not going to be a cookie cutter like situation And your self care is important in all of this too. Um, And so balancing your self care, the distance learning, your work um, you know, the good thing is that, a lot more uh, companies are are flexible about like kind of the distance learning thing. I know different companies have different levels of flexibility, um, but what I would say is, and this kind of goes along with the visual schedule of scheduling it, of scheduling it out, and, and maybe waking up a little earlier in the morning. And you know, you're probably going to spend less time helping them. You know, having to focus on the on keeping them on task during the distance learning if you know you're able to wake up 30 minutes earlier and 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 go outside and play and exercise and have fresh air and then do the distance learn is that does that mean that they're going to because they had 30 minutes or an hour of outside time that they're going to be perfect for distance learning this no not at all there's still going to be things and keep in mind you know this is something that they're getting used to as well. And even when in the, in the more ideal situation of being in the classroom, you know, talk to any teacher, you know, it's not, you know, every child is listening perfectly, perfectly on task. Like that's not the reality when we're in person learning. Um, So there are going to be, there there are going to be challenges. So what I would say is just really, you know, it's really about communicating with all the parties, like communicating with your company, communicating with the teachers, trying to schedule out, you know, your your day that, that fits. And maybe you do have a long break, you know, and, and maybe you can maybe adjust your work schedule a little bit to fit a little bit more with your distance learning schedule, um, especially if distance learning is required. Um, there's, you know, there's. I I don't think there are a lot of business that can that that wouldn't be flexible and understanding, you know, as long as now is it going to require you to put in more work and maybe even and maybe even be less present like in in the later afternoon, because maybe you're putting in night hours now. No, that's a possibility. And then that's also about communicating with your spouse and trying to see like, if you can, you know, how we can work our own schedules out so that we can be present when we need to be present. And if you don't have a spouse and you're doing it all alone, you know, I think it's about finding your tribe and finding other people. Now we're, yeah, we're in COVID. So it's not like you can just go out with like, you know, random people and, probably have to be really mindful about their level of, you know, you know how they're going out. And I know that there are, there are a lot of people and I think there are apps and it's becoming more and more of a thing where people have like communities or pods of people that they rely on to kind of help with all this. So that's kind of what I'd say, but, but I I really do think that, especially with all this trying to find a support system um, if you don't have one and a partner uh, would be really beneficial. And luckily H, yeah. where we have Facebook groups and things like that, where that make it a little bit easier to connect with others.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. We actually just did an episode on community and how our village and is like our tribe. Um, and I want to say, just add that as two parents of four who work from home, the only time we are successful, our days are successful, like we consider them successful is when we schedule things out. So I couldn't agree more with trying to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page. Um, I have, I want to ask something popped in my head about, I've heard some of my parent friends talking about feeling like they have to bribe their kids to Mm -hmm. sit still, to do the learning or to figure, yeah, I want to know what's your I can tell by the look on your face. What's your (laughs) thought on bribery to get the kids to sit down and learn? Like, is that creating a bad connection with learning or is it considered a reward system? You know, like gold stars.
2: So the, 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 the big problem is, and this isn't just with distance learning, but this is a problem with the public education system in general, um, and just the way that it's set up um, and h- how it encourages teachers to teach. Um, you know, and, and and I, before I answer the question, I just want, I don't even, I just want to like throw this quote out there um, that the, and I'm probably, I'm paraphrasing it, that bad teachers don't happen by accident. The system practically demands it. So what we do is, what we typically have a tendency to do is we expect children to adapt the way that they learn to the way that we teach. Uh, and if they don't, then we just try to, we, we have a tendency to push, push more and more and more. And I think it comes from a lot of things. It comes well. You well, know, you should get this and just our expectations and what, who our child should be and what they should be able to do. Um, and that completely there, there are, you know, we create so many negative associations with 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 learning and especially maybe subjects that may not be your child's strength when we do that. Um, so what we need to do is really know who our child is, really see your child and really see their interests, and really see the way that they learn, the way that they grasp things, the way that and incorporate that into the learning so your child's five right you said a five-year-old girl right so i'm gonna stereotype but this isn't all five-year-old girls but this, i'm just stereotyping but a lot of five, they like you know and boys too but pretend play is a really big thing right yeah they do <laughs> um and you know so maybe you're learning math and you know, maybe the, the numbers and the way that the, the, that the workbook is just isn't resonating with your child. Now you have a choice to either push, 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 keep on explaining it the same way and into, into frustration or try to just guilt them into submission to just do or you can really identify, okay, what does my child really need to get out of this and learn is it like so five plus three or you know, or you know, six times two, you know, is there a different way that I can teach it with a more likely to grasp it? Can we do a role play where you know we're at the store and like we're going to the store and she wants to buy, you know, her LOL balls or she wants to buy, you know, candy and but she has to give me the right amount of money and that's the process that we're working to. Is that something that's gonna resonate? with her more does she need something that's more tactile that she can move around and adjust does she need to you know does she just need is she just fatigued from sitting in the computer for an hour and a half because i know when i'm sitting and watching someone talk or i'm passively like watching someone for you know at a period of for probably more than 30 45 minutes I start to go out too and I start to like, okay, well, like I need to move around a little bit. Even as we're talking here, like you see me moving around and a lot of times you'll see me like, you know, sometimes holding a pen and fidgeting a little bit. Um, Really identifying one, what they like need in the moment and two, how they learn and, and, and adapting the way we teach to the way that they learn. Now, like I said, teachers have a really, it's really tough for teachers to do that, especially now With distance learning, because you know, because it's through a screen, Um, and so that's you know, and that's and and, and that's, but the good thing though in all this, and I know you know, when I talk about like there's a silver lining to this, people are like, but all the stress and everything is, but like there are there are there are positives, potential potential positives, I'll say to distance learning is that where in a classroom because of the way the system, the, the group size and what teachers are expected to do, um, with all the children and, and grading and everything, um, and the standards and whatnot, um, it makes it really hard to individualize the learning. Um, if, if especially if it's just one or two children who are struggling with something, um, but, You know, at, you know, through distance learning, if the parent is there and is able to be present, they do have that opportunity to really individualize and maybe even turn the computer on, you know, just turn, turn the video off or, or if you talk to the, if you've talked to the teacher ahead of time, it's like, hey, you know, we may we may come out, but just you know, like I'm working with them because, like, they, it's it's because they're frustrated. I'm trying to help them regulate and, and 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 teach and help them reach the same learning goal that you have for them in a different way um, because the screen is really hard for them, or they have the an overload of you know screen time, where they just they just can't focus. So that is the, the silver lining is that you know parents do have an opportunity to. You know individualize it a little bit more
0: so you feel like it's just so you keep saying to kind of understand how your child likes to learn do we just do that by experimenting and seeing what works like which style works best for them because i like for instance i'll be working with my five and three-year-old at once and trying to mm-hmm. figure out you know they're very very different so mm-hmm. it's just to take like practice and and kind of playing around with different techniques i think we all have this fear of like but if i don't teach her this right now in this way, like she's going to fall behind because she's supposed to be at this level. And you, you know, like I feel like maybe we don't feel like we have time to figure it out.
1: Maybe, maybe my question will kind of go in with hers and you can answer this in kind of a two part. So my question would be like, she's, she's basically asking, okay, we need to learn kind of the way that our kid needs to needs to be approached and learned. My question is, what do you think is overall potentially missing in the curriculum and how can we how can we fill that void? Because like you said, there's no cookie cutter approach, right? Everybody has a different personality type. Everyone has a different way in the way they do things. So my question would be, and hopefully this, this goes well with yours, is if there is a missing piece in the curriculum and, and we only had an hour and a half of time for our kids in a day, like is it really – the times tables and all those things, or is there something that could wrap it all up and make them uh, ultimately just more intelligent and uh, I don't know.
2: So, yeah. So yes, Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'll answer both. So one thing I want to say just off the bat is, and I I hope that this just, I, I, I want everyone, all the parents out there just to breathe and, Discreet, yeah, and and let go of the expectations of like my child is falling behind. My child won't be able to be successful if they don't get this one thing right now. Because what ends up th- the result of that is typically you and your child being more stressed out over that one that 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 thing and. When there is a lot of stress present in the brain, there's not learning going on. Um, so that's the one. So, so first, I want to start with that. Okay. So, recognize when that stress is creeping in in you and, and, and in your child, and you know, and recognize that that might be a time for a break and to maybe revisit that. Um, now, the other now, the other thing what's missing in curriculum and what just in general is. You know it's it it is especially for young children children your age or all five and younger it, it is play play is the missing is the missing i'm about to go on a rant y'all uh go, go do for it, it. Go for it. <laughs> we have um we have we have this culture of getting children and this goes into your falling behind stress um this culture of getting children ready this readiness culture we want to get and it starts so young we want to get the infants ready to be toddlers toddlers ready to do pre-k pre-k ready for kindergarten kindergarten ready for first grade you know elementary school ready for you know uh middle school middle school ready for high school high school ready for college and 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 and, and then and then college maybe maybe we're preparing them for life and but we spent our whole time getting them ready for a lot of times things that they're getting them ready for school instead of preparing them for life um you better preach oh my goodness and 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 you know we do such a great disservice and, and 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 as a result of that we have and it happens younger and younger. we've taken play out of the school system we've t- we've we've we're more and more taking more and more out of it and trying to focus more on sit down, listen, academics We're time after time, you know and in, in, in just so much brain development research says that play is what children really need. That's what ch- what children really need to grow their brains um in the most productive efficient way and it's going to help and all the traditional academic metrics go up too when we do have a greater focus on play and you know active learning as opposed to the you know sit down and listen i am the teacher who's going to fill your brains with knowledge so you need to sit there and listen their brains Mo and, and, and this is most children, their brains aren't as ready to even receive that knowledge when they don't have the play, when they don't have the physical activity, when they can't go outside. So, you know, and that's why I emphasize that, you know, so much. Um, and through the, you can pretty easily incorporate, you know, the, a lot of the things that you the learning goals that especially for a five-year-old, for a four-year-old, a three, you know, especially for five and younger, you can very easily, I'm not gonna say very easily, but you it it, it may take some thinking because it may not be as easy for everyone. Um and I, I recognize that and I understand that, but all the things that children do during their play are very easily relatable to the things that they are being asked to learn, um, in the traditional academics in school in terms of, you know, the, you no, know, they're, they're re- reading comprehension. Part of it is like act out the book, right? So that they are really being immersed in that book and they're really retaining and really recalling parts of that book. And then, so next time you're doing, you're reading that book, you know, they're not, Or you're reading it with them, or even if it's identifying letters or identifying words, you know, can they actively go out and find it? Can they, can you put can if 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 it is sight words, right? Because that's another big thing, it's sight words. Can you turn off the lights and get a flashlight and have them, you know, find the sight word with the flashlight, right? You want the learning to be, if you're having to to push, to keep pushing them and they're resisting, and if you're getting frustrated, they're getting frustrated you're probably doing more harm than good because ideally, because really what we want to do is we want to create a love for learning, a love for curiosity, a love to, to, to want to of, of school, of wanting to obtain that knowledge. And for we're teaching them in ways that they don't learn and just pushing them and forcing them and and make and you know making them feel miserable just to get them to learn this one thing. Yes, maybe they might learn that one thing. But guess what? When you say it's math time tomorrow, they're not they're, they're not running it to to learn and see what you have planned that day. Um that, and that has exponential effects.
1: Dude, my neck hurts from nodding. Yes. <laughs> the whole entire time. Well, it
0: makes so much sense and it makes wow. it, I'm starting to realize why there's things that I did not like in school and why Everybody just said, "Well, you just have to do this. It's just part of life. Just suck it up and, and keep going and keep doing what you don't want to do and learning." Like I'm terrible at math, yes. and I was never taught a different way. It just was this is how you have to learn it and whatever. Um, I want to ask because I'm getting like kind of emotional. I'm getting excited thinking about all the ways I can maybe connect better with my kids and and still teach them have fun. Like for instance, something we do that I think that you would agree with is we'll take walks and I'll have them like point out. Try to identify the numbers on the mailboxes or the shapes of the signs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they really like that. But uh, I like your flashlight idea. Do you have a place that you go to for those kinds of ideas or is that a part of your coaching? Like, I want to know, like, I want more ideas of how to teach yeah. them through play.
2: Okay. So yes, I can definitely work with one-on-one and do the coaching www.patreon.com forward slash Mr. Chaz. I do one-on-one coaching, daily tips, online courses, exclusive podcast, group coaching and all that stuff. Yes. Now, if you're not going to do the coaching and work and work with me, another way to approach it. um, Yeah. Sometimes I will go to like, you know, common thing is like the Pinterest for ideas, but I don't take ideas directly from Pinterest. It's just a lot of times it'll spark another idea, um, yeah. but the way to approach it is like think about the things that you that you your children naturally do that they and naturally enjoy doing, um, and the things that you guys naturally even enjoy doing as a family, and think about you know how to incorporate the learning into that, um and and, and the things that they naturally enjoy. One thing that I do in terms of um, teaching children. Um, you know, their how to spell their name is I make a name song for children, and you know, kids like songs. People like music. People like music. Yes. I don't know. I've never met a single person who says who said that they don't like music at all. Everyone likes their different genres, sure, but everyone likes music, and children very much enjoy music. So I'll do, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll make a name song for them and and because they enjoy it because they love it and I'll sing it a bunch of times and, until the point where they're learning it and they're seeing it then they've without any like arduous laborious like effort like it's all fun and kind of in a playful way they've learned how to spell their name um and then I incorporate that into, all right, so now we have, you know, in the house, I maybe you've labeled some things, their backpack, or maybe some things that are theirs, or maybe outside of their room, and then, and you want to keep it at their eye level, because, you know, things that are high up are for adults, things that are low or for children to see, so you want to keep it down at their eye level, but then, as they're singing their, the name song, um, um, let me see if I can come up with one just kind of off the spot, for Chris um,
0: well, oh Wait why not Jonna I'm just kidding Chris is
2: a fun one on the podcast Chaz. Yeah all Chris right. is
0: on podcast. And I can't sing so uh, all right. all. Go Chris
2: C C H R I S Chris Chris Is so fit Because I see that you have
1: Like
2: <laughs> Dad life. And so like, so like, okay, so let's key into what I did there. Um, You know, one, I try to make it rhyme because rhymes just, they just help and make it a little bit more enjoyable. Two, you wanted to be, you know, if you can incorporate something in their interest level, not only the song, but like, um, I think, um, oh man, what's another one? I think I, I, sometimes I ended with like, so-and-so, so-and-so likes to read or whatever. Incorporate something in their interest, um, so again, it feels like more part of them, theirs. Um, and then and then sing it a bunch of times. And again, not forcing it, not putting it on the spot like now you sing it. Sing it a hundred times. Oh, but Just- I
0: want you to make him sing it now.
2: <laughs> Jazz, don't waste your time, man. <laughs> <laughs> next time on the next podcast. And I'm gonna have one, a name song for you too. Uh yes. Donna. And then <laughs> yes. we we'll, we'll all sing some name songs. <laughs> oh, dude, um, I love it and then but then that flows into once they can sing their name song um and you have maybe like their backpack their chair their room whatever labeled you can then incorporate you know as you're singing their song you know c-h-r-i-s and they can point to each letter and then they're kind of learning to recognize their name and then eventually learning to spell it and you know and then and so like So it it does take, it does take like understanding like what steps, you know, I also identifying what steps, is there any foundational knowledge that they need to do this next thing? Um, But that's, but, but to answer your question, the short version is to really (laughs) key into their interests and what they like and what they naturally already do and what's real and relevant to them. And then you can incorporate that into the learning.
1: Speaking Another. of them, yeah, man, that is that is phenomenal. Speaking of them, so I have I have a unique question, and I actually don't think it is as unique as as many would think. So our world is built around uh, people who wake up early, right? And many kids, it seems, aren't successful because like naturally they like to stay up late, or you know the parents stay up late or whatever. So let's take for example a parent who works the graveyard shift or night shift or something like that. Now they have to shift to homeschool. Or virtual learning or whatever, and now they are supposed to wake their kid up, and they're all supposed to go against like you know just how they tick as a family. Would you suggest that they create a routine because we're all quarantined anyway? Would you suggest during this time period, because they have control over their education, they create a routine that fits around like okay, cool, like um, you know we're we're gonna do school at certain times because and I know it sounds crazy, but when when you look at the research, it's there because there are a lot of kids who who need more sleep and aren't getting it um, and waking them up early and all that stuff. So, so what do you think about, um, about knowing your family and creating a routine around, Hey, is my kid a morning person? Are we morning people or afternoon or whatever? Mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, but just, just a
2: question. I mean, no, you bring up a really good point. Um, and I can, I actually hadn't even really thought of that. So I actually love that thought. You're a thinker, Chris. Um, I, you know, I, I actually do think that would be a good, I, I think it would be a good idea. So you're talking about in the homeschool situation, right? Right. Right. So you're not bound to the schedule. I think that could be really beneficial because, you know, there, you know, there is a lot of research out there that says that children aren't, don't get the amount of sleep that because, you know, because of the time that schools um, open, the time, the time that schools open, are based off of the the work schedules that exactly. we have. Um, but it's not conducive to for the learning and the brain development of of what actually children actually need. So I think that's actually a really that would be a really interesting shift and would love to see, I would love to like, you know, I would love it would be really interesting to see how that would play out. And I would I would encourage that. Um, because the other thing about that too is that you as the like i mentioned self care earlier too um you as the as the adult as the parent as the teacher you have to you know really take account of what your capacity is and what you can do and where you're at mentally right. because if you're sleep deprived trying to do and just meet the schedule just because it's it's the way that it is then it's probably not going to be as effective. And, and you may end up, you're not going to have as much patience and as much patience, you're going to get more frustrated more easily. You're not right. going to, be able to think of those, you know, more creative ideas of when to pivot of like, okay, my child's not getting it in this way. Maybe I can try it in this way. And, you, you know, you're not going to be as good. You're not going to be as equipped to do that. So I actually right. think that'd be a really good idea, Chris.
1: Yeah, well, so a second piece to that actually is, um, since, since you were didn't know much about that that piece. I'll say I look into sleep a lot. I like look at. I'm a super nerd. If you haven't figured it out by now, but um, what a lot of people don't know is kids like sleep cycle. I was going to use the word circadian rhythm, but that's kind of nerdy. Kids sleep cycle is actually a couple of hours behind adults. So so 7 a.m. to us is actually like 4 or 5 a.m. to them. Um, and so when we talk about the sleep deprivation of our kids and all that stuff, on top of, you know, let's take mom that is a nurse and she doesn't have a spouse. And then she's like, holy crap, I just stayed up till 7 a.m. I can't teach my kid now, right? Like it all has to work within the family dynamic. So I just wanted to see your thoughts on that. It's, it sounds like it's something that... Um, could be really individualized.
2: Yeah, it's, and it's definitely something worth. Um, it's definitely definitely something worth trying and approaching and seeing how, it you know it goes. And I think even and, and in that situation too, I know I'm really pushing this, but like I can't. I feel like I can't push it enough just because it's all. We're already kind of we're already in a play deficit of a you know physical activity deficit before, and now I'm like really concerned because of the distance learning and parents working because when they're done with the distance learning you know they thought may not be okay now like we can go like like let's go outside and play and it might be more like okay now i need to go and do my work now work clean
0: cook take care of the other kids there's so much else to do
2: exactly and then it starts over again the next day and, and and the child is still has stress in their body and still dysregulated and just not getting you know we see i know like just in the early education space we see a big difference in um you know behavior in, uh, in, in in classrooms during the span of time that maybe it's raining for a you know you know a whole week and we can't go out or it's you know it's too cold or it's too hot and we see it, it is it is a very clear difference that you see in a classroom, um, and I think it might even be just even exaggerated because all the energy is feeding off of each other, and everyone's mm. stressed out and and frustrated, and you know the kids are feeding off each other, and the teacher, you know, if they're not really conscious of their own like emotions and thoughts and and and, and, and attuned to their kids, they're feeding into it too. And um, so, I've already
0: said I'm worried about this winter assuming a lot of things indoor play areas and things are going to be closed down. I- I'm terrified of what it's going to be like when we can't just go take a walk or go to the park or the pool or do something to get out of the house. Um, so I, I mean, I totally see a difference in our kids when they're cooped up, especially this past five months with not having a lot of places that we could go. Um, I have a question that I think piggybacks off of what you guys were just saying. And then I know we probably should start putting a bow on this, but um So, right now, we're doing a lot, everybody's doing a lot of touch and feel, trying to figure out what works for best for our new schedules. Um, How do I, how do we do that and still show consistency? Like, how do I play around with, okay, my kids today are just, they're just not, they're not doing it right now. They're just getting frustrated. We're all, I didn't get any sleep. You know, for instance, we've got a new baby. How do I, and we other parents, how do we do that? How do we still be consistent and show the kids, Hey, this is what we do, but also while trying to figure out how they best learn and how our whole family comes together for a a schedule that works for everybody. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the the consistency, I always say that you want to have structure and consistency, but with flexibility Mm -hmm. Um, because we are not, you know, we are not, perfect human beings, things happen as, as you guys know. Um, and, you know, sometimes they are going to be dysregulated and we do need to be sensitive to that. Now, I think, you know, a, a, another thing you can add in terms of consistency of, of of even in that process of like, Hey, like I noticed that you're like really answered. This is like really frustrating you. It's just, you know, a, acknowledging it, acknowledging it with them and acknowledging like i know that it, it it gets hard sometimes but like just letting them know the consistency is that you're going to consistent consistently be there for them through their challenges you know no matter you know what it is you're going to consistently you know help them you're gonna you know and and even in like I say, you can validate their emotions and not necessarily – you can say yes to their emotions and say no to their behavior if it's, you know, something that's like, you know, they're hitting or something like that. But if it's, you know, maybe they are – the other part to this I, I, I want to key in is that, that that's going to take some learning in the first week or two is, you know, where, where, where's their natural biological rhythm at? right if we notice that 45 minutes into distance learning pretty consistently every time they're like getting overwhelmed they're frustrated or walking away then we can you know we can be very intentional about like maybe at the 40 45 minute mark making having that like hey communicating with the teachers and, and talking to even talking to your child around this time we're going to do jumping jacks or whatever works for them or you know i i, I you know, maybe they're they're playing on Look, like, maybe they have an indoor trampoline which if you have very young children um well i just bought my um you know, my, my friend who has a two-year-old and indoor trampoline um, because they were, you know, we, we, we talk all the time about like the parent, she always comes to me for like advice and she noticed like that he needed really more physical activity, but they're not really able to do that. They don't have a lot of space. Um And I, you know, so that's something that I bought for her. And she said that it's really helped. It's really helped with, some of the other kind of regulation problems and him kind of climbing on some of the other things that's made life easier for her, um, and, and for him. And by the way, bonus points, it is, he's getting what he, what he needs. Children, know. See, here's the thing. Children, especially very young children. Um, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking five and younger, um, especially, and you can even say seven and younger. Um, Children know really internally what they need for their brain to develop, um, you know, at, you know, to, to its capacity. They know they really, it's, 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 they internally know, and that's what their, you know, most of their behaviors, and especially even some of the ones that frustrate us. Now they know that really for them to learn, really for them to become, to be prepared in life, that sitting and looking at a screen is not the best way to do it. Um, and this is actually across species, right? This isn't even just you know mammals. I mean, this isn't even just mammals who know how important play is for their brain development. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 fish. It's 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 not even just. You know, invertebrates—it's um, such—it's all over the animal kingdom, um, and you know, I—I I, I say that, and you probably see the reoccurring theme here of just me emphasizing the importance of play um, and the importance of physical activity in the learning, um, and you'll see how children are more organically and more naturally will learn in that process as opposed to the process that we typically impose on them. So I know you are, you asked a question and I'll like answer it, but then I'll go somewhere else no, but man. Back to your, the original, the consistency is that in, in letting them know that you're going to be there to help them mm-hmm. uh, and also being attuned to where their biological kind of their natural their their own kind of biological needs with right what they're doing
1: right well like that. so i'm going to ask you a tough question i every guest we have i always ask them one tough question that, and this is going to seem obvious but i feel like someone out there needs to hear your answer okay. so i know for a fact that there is at least one person listening whether it's on tiktok live or it's on our podcast right now who will succumb to or has succumbed to this before the frustration of just doing the work for their child how detrimental is that to a kid's education for a parent to look at it as a checked box and not actual like growth and learning
2: really?
1: because i i know people who literally told me like yeah i do my kids homework
2: all the time and i'm like what so you know, I always I always like to think about things of like you know when we're when when we do things with children or two children, um, or even around children, you know what is that communicating to them? Is it communicating to them that we don't believe in their competence to be able to to, to learn it to get it? Is it communicating to them that they can't learn it that they're just because they're just not good at it. So that if the only way through is for, you know, someone else or, you know, my parent to do it for me. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, what is the, what, is, what are the effects of that, right? Um, you know, it, does that child now go through life saying like, I just don't do math. I just don't do English. I, or I just can't, like, I just can't write papers because that was, you know, I tried and I, I, it was hard for me. And my, the person who I trust, who loves me and cares about me recognized that I couldn't do it either. And so even though that it's not in their, you know, best, even though they, I know that I'm supposed to be the one doing it and they know I'm supposed to be the one doing it. They did it for me because, I couldn't do it myself or another thing too is what's, you know, what's more important is the learning important or is the grade important? Um, And then that gets into a whole nother thing of like perfectionism and like being how, you know, how, you know, people see. And and the other thing I want to unpack and think about, like, I would ask, you know, I would ask ourselves like, why are we doing the work for our child? Like, is it, why aren't we allowing our child to fail? You know, like, is it, is it, is it because we, if our child fails, it looks bad on us. Mm. Our ego creeping in? We don't want to look bad to whatever, you know, other parents, teachers, society, whatever. And I, or I see it as, you know, reflection on, on me. Um, is, is that our concern? And if, you know, that is, and that creeps into a whole nother, honestly, like a whole nother podcast conversation Mm -hmm. that I would probably want to get into of just like, you know, instead of seeing our children as our property, who are a part of us, we should really see them as, you know, um, you know, as a separate entity, a separate, their own spiritual. Oh, I love that, man. That, you know, that, that they have with their own wants and desires and, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, and look, a lot of times our views of parenting and the ways the the, what we impart on our children is a product of what was imparted on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times the, you know, perfectionism you know, creeps in and, you know, we have to, we have to have this veil of we're perfect put together family that like, you know, we get good, you know, good grades. They're going off to the college of choice. Um, are you know, and, and and instead of, you know, and and there's so much, there's so much. And I want to like very lately hit on so (laughs) right. um, you know when we impart that like perfectionism on our children then you know we are taking away what's important which is the process the per- the, the important part is the process of learning and we're putting undue stress of some kind uh, of some a perfect product that doesn't even exist right um, and 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 even in ourselves wanting to be a perfect product that doesn't exist and, and that actually debilitates the learning what helps people actually learn more and grow more is to, you know, appreciate the process of learning to to know that the mistakes are going to happen, that the that the that the that there is no real failure, just really learning opportunities. Um, and and I always say that we shouldn't strive to be a perfectionist. We should strive to be an improvementist.
0: Yes, Where, I wrote that down because I wanted you to talk to bring that up just in general because I feel like us parents need to hear that there's no such thing like we just we need to be an improvementist, which is what getting better every day.
2: The goal is not to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve every day. And I, I would add on to that that like of, you know, something you mentioned earlier and just even in terms of talking about the scheduling and even though you schedule things out, doesn't mean it's gonna go perfect. uh, Just release those expectations of perfection, those expectations that everything is going to go exactly the way that you plan, release that, you know, and it's gonna do wonders for you and it's gonna allow you to pivot in those situations and really give your children what they actually need in the moment um, as opposed to, um as opposed to stressing yourself and them out and and and, and 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 unintentionally harming them in the moment and harming their mindset in the moment, um, and so I would say again, circling back, it would it's better to just allow your child to fail, fail mm. to get that bad grade, than to do the homework for them. Yep. It's like the same thing too, like with Ooh. the, you know, um, I forget who it was, the celebrity who's paid, who you know, paying there for the child to go to college, mm-hmm. or, or bribe. It was it, it was the bribes that happened. I forget, which, I think the, she was the like, Full oh.
0: House. Yeah, I can't remember. Right. Lori, Lori. Yeah,
2: Lori. Um, Lori um, something yeah. Like that. um, you know, it's it's that it's that same kind of thing of like, what is that, you know what is that doing to the child's psyche? Um, right. And it's, it's, it's not help. It's not helping.
1: Well, we, ha- we have to understand like, and this is me preaching to myself as well. It's like, I don't know who said it, but nothing is a failure unless you fail to learn from it. Right. And yeah. ultimately, ultimately, like we have to realize like the only way to get better at something is to suck at it for a really long time. And so I was actually telling my nephew that the other day we were throwing a ball or something and he he couldn't get it at first. I was like, hey, dude, guess what? The first time I ever like went to catch a ball, I was terrible at it. And guess what? If I had given up right then, I would have never learned how to catch a ball. And so the reality is like the only way for us to get better is to experience failure. We look at so many like a lot of people. I don't know this. Uh, so Honda failed like four times before they became Honda. Hershey's Chocolate failed nine times before it became a company. I mean, it's the resilience of failure that is uh, that is really what's going to teach us. And I'm, again, preaching to myself because I get down on myself and, and we all get down on ourselves. And so, gosh, man, I think I think the most powerful thing in this episode for me, and it just clicked like a light bulb for me. It's like we got on here with you, and I think everyone listening – had this thought of like, oh man, there's this anxiety behind the virtual learning and the homeschooling and all these things. And it's all about perspective. You have now given us, I believe, the perspective that now we have control over our kids' education instead of before where we were like, oh, we don't like what they're teaching in schools and they're missing these points. But because you talked about, you know, the active play and how how our kids are supposed to learn and all those things, I think, at least in my mind, you've opened my eyes to realize like, man, this, this actually could be, an opportunity instead of
2: something to stress out about. Right. And seeing it from that mindset is already going to make it more successful than what it would have been seeing it from the other mindset of just like, it's going to be stressful. I have no control. There's nothing I can do. This is overwhelming. You know, you're already, you know, dis- distance learning is already a little bit better. Um, and yeah, there's. I'll, I'll let you talk. There's, but there's, there's one more thing. <laughs>
0: Now I, I, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, maybe because I just have a baby, but I'm getting yeah. emotional because I'm happy to hear you say that. And I'm happy to think that maybe there's another parent listening right now that can ah, just breathe and take that weight off their shoulders of feeling yes. like it has to look like we learned in school or it has to look a certain way right
1: when he was talking about just like okay so you said something on one of your tiktoks and i loved it you said you said okay instead of sitting the kid in front of a math book or or a screen for that matter now right it's run around the house and count how many things are whatever right and obviously depending on the age some kids would be like yeah go screw off dad but ultimately <laughs> ultimately what's so interesting is because when our kids are in a classroom right now, we don't have the ability to tell, them, hey, my kid loves to get up and run around the room and count things, right? Now we have the opportunity to be able to do that. And so that that's that's why, you know, having this conversation with you makes me feel like there's a huge shift and a reframe to realize this is an opportunity.
0: I don't know. I hear some parents in my head right now thinking, well, I've heard through social media that there's some teachers making parents sign things that they're not gonna be around during the Zoom. The virtual learning and stuff really? and not allowed to insert any kind of
1: I, help it doesn't matter at the end at the end of the day what's the teacher going to do kick the kid out of school i mean ultimately a lot of things are happening right now and i think we just have to be vigilant enough to realize like look this is what my kid needs and ultimately if you don't agree with that
2: like we can talk about it Well, Sorry, keep- I, I haven't actually haven't seen that so you're saying that um there are teachers that are having parents sign things that are pretty much saying don't help
0: that that are saying they're not allowed to be present during the zoom the virtual learning which uh, honestly I would be like absolutely not what I need I have the right to hear what's going on here I imagine it's because of parents who are stepping in and and maybe overstepping their bounds or interrupting or something I would assume but I'm not I'm I not mean, sure the details.
2: So and two, by the way, again, different children, different temperament. Some children may prefer you to be out the room for them to focus on. Sure. They don't feel they're, they're, they're more focused on like, uh, oh, mom's here, like, ooh, like, are my friends seeing mom? Like, and yeah. so again, it's about knowing, you know, it's about kind of knowing your your kids and the age definitely plays a role into it too, especially. Know, older children will be more likely to be like, uh, mom, like, buzz off, like, I got this, right? <laughs> um, but you know, and, and one more thing I want to like really like add to it. And I hope that really just helps people dist- like go and in, go into it, like, just like you know, we talked about it's a you know, a learning process for children, you know, it's a learning process for us, and we should expect. Yeah. The mistakes and we should expect to ah like we tried this and it didn't work out or hey i thought my kid like needed me but like it turns out he doesn't need me or even vice versa and like go into it with that expectation and being totally okay with that like that's okay like that is like you like that is just an opportunity to learn like that's data to learn from and so like the first you know especially the first two or three weeks like you know like expect for the like the mistakes, the mishaps to happen, and accept them, um, and just just treat it as a learning process. It doesn't have to be perfect. And and again, it's probably we have this like idea, like it's it's I got to do it right, and it's not about doing it one right way. It's about learning and growing and finding the way that's going to help you know, your child the most. Yeah. Um, so don't, yeah. So don't, don't, don't stress about it. Like it's okay. We're all learning. We're all on this. Journey.
0: Literally, literally. We're all learning. I think that's such a good point too, is like, especially the parents doing the distance learning, being stressed. It's like, this is new for all of us. The teachers, everybody, everybody needs to take a big, deep breath together and just breathe, just
2: breathe, right? give ourselves
0: some grace, be improving, us.
1: I, love be improving
2: us. I love it. I love it too. The much, goal is not to be perfect every day. The goal is to improve every day. Boom.
1: I no better it. way than to end it on that comment.
0: Yeah, Chaz. I know, Mister Chaz. I know that we've talked a few times about where our people can find you. But well, first, wait, Chris always asks this question. I don't want to not
1: okay ask fine. it. Okay, so even though
0: that was a solid,
1: that was a solid ending. But he but, might oh well. All right. <laughs> <question>. <laughs> so the question we'd like to ask pertaining to the virtual learning and all the homeschooling and stuff um, was there anything we didn't ask you that you wish we would have asked you?
2: Hmm. I think I do a pretty good job of kind of like incorporating like my, (laughs) um, so I, I, mm, I would say that I guess in terms of like topics that I really am just really hot on talking about right now, um, that I think kind of flow into this conversation is about our, you know, expectation of obedience um, in, in our control over children, um, and, and 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 I hinted at it just kind of like a little bit of just how you know our ego just makes us feel like we need to control children, and it's not just parents; it's teachers. It's like this is an adult issue. Um, and, and, and we should, instead of focusing on being obsessed with obedience and being and so focused on obedience, we should be more focused on cooperation. Um, and what that looks like more of, it, it's not the, it, it's, obedience is more, do what I said because I said it, don't ask questions. That's obedience. Cooperation right. is, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, let's work to, I'm going to understand what your needs are. I understand what my needs are, and let's work together to do, you know, to to move forward in a way that works for both of us. Let me communicate the reason why things are the way they are. They have to be the way they are, so that we can move forward in a way that works for both of us. A lot of what cooperation looks like from a very young age, because you know, children aren't you know, three and younger aren't very great at verbally communicating um, and we're, you know, not always, don't always know exactly what, is is knowing, being attuned to their needs and their temperament and their personality um, in and in, in doing it and working off of that. Now there is like sign, you can't teach young children who aren't talking sign language, but you want to do that with, with saying the word. So if you want to say like, you know more if you want to teach some more you want to say more with with the words you want to do the sign and do the words but that's probably kind of if we were to do like another podcast episode we're yes. going to do another podcast yes. episode um,
0: Diving. I want to dive deep into that because I think Everybody we does, were yeah. very much so raised with, why do I do this? Because I said so. I'm the parent and that's why. And so we automatically yes. channel
1: We that. We were 100%. If, if you would accept an invitation, we would 100% want to have you back on the show to talk about that in specific. We wanted to be so focused on the virtual learning and the homeschooling. And I really hope that we were able to uh, kind of zone in on that and people got value. So yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully that took place.
0: Yep. So our people who are listening and they're like, we need more Mr. Chaz in our life, they can find you at Tick Teach Talk, right?
2: Yes. Tick teach talk T-I-C-K teach <laughs> okay. Um, also you can find me on Instagram as Mr. Chaz M-R-C-H-A-Z-Z. You can find me on Facebook as Mr. Chaz, Mr. Chaz. Um, if you want coaching one-on-one coaching i especially if you heard the distance learning you want to help want help with the homeschooling or help how to figure out how to do distance learning with your different age groups but you have a two-year-old who's climbing on things you have the six-year-old who you know, has a hard time focusing and you're carrying the one you know we can work together we can, you know individualize and do more ideas and and really work with your situations and that's through patreon um, wwwpatreon.com forward slash um, Mr. Chaz. Um, and that is, you know, and 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 you also get other things like online classes and such. And one other, well, two other places you can find me. I also have a podcast. It's an interactive podcast. So as we're talking and, you know, Chris and, and Jana and I, we are able to talk and interact, but there's, you guys are only hearing this in the future. So you can't make comments or chat on the side. I have an interactive uh, podcast that I do every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern on mm-hmm. uh, Get Vocal. That's www.getvocal.com forward slash Chaz, C-H-A-Z-Z. Um, and that's where you can see um, my podcast that I do. Um, and you can pop on, you can grab a seat, and you can be on the video, and we can have conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you can also... Um, chat on the side and ask questions too. Um, And then in the process of, well, I already have some things on Spotify and iTunes, but I'm in the process of really like upping my quality and editing the audio and all that stuff to be on Spotify and um, an Apple podcast. But you'll already see maybe uh, three or four episodes on there. Now, if you check it out.
0: Sweet. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And one last thing is that um, I told Chris I'd really like to duet you and get him to dance oh to uh, Child, I don't dance, man. promote this episode. So on, you're going to have to help me help <laughs> me twist his arm here
1: because he doesn't dance. Just do it. You okay? Oh, do it? Man. Why uh, don't you dance? Dude, Play just waved bye-bye to me so long ago. And <laughs> I, am, I am just so boring. I would rather sit and read books and focus on business systems. And I'm like the nerdiest dude you may know.
2: All right, but what like do like a, a like a nerd like your expression? I I wouldn't want you to go out of your personality, who you are, but do like a dance for the nerd, like maybe with a with a book, with a laptop, with like you know, like maybe like
1: maybe, yeah, maybe.
2: we're gonna my, do that my
1: expression has always like I'm a drummer and my expression has been music in that way. Okay. Like, I can I can get down on a drum kit, right? But uh but then you take me from a seated position and we're in trouble.
2: <laughs> okay so maybe you're doing the drumming and Donna is dancing yes you but go. you're both in it
1: maybe yes. maybe yeah so so yeah well t- I mean I heard you had to go to work right now anyway so
2: change right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the subject no it's actually they called they said I actually have more time to oh, nice. oh right <laughs> oh, right, right. That's funny. <laughs> oh yeah. we'll do it
0: we got this Okay. Well, thanks so much. We'll definitely have you back on to chat obedience and all that good stuff.
1: All the good stuff. Yeah, man. Gold, golden nuggets today. Um, so yeah, we will. Uh, we will look forward to having you back on, my man. And thanks so much for being on the show.
2: All right. Great. I appreciate being on here. Can't wait to be back. Bye, guys.
1: We covered so much during this episode, guys, and so I wanted to kind of uh, do a quick recap of some things, uh, some notes I specifically made. One was a visual schedule for for our homeschool and distance learning kids. Uh, something John does a really great job of is is having something that they can, like you do, you do a schedule plus like, okay, is it cloudy outside? Is it this? Is, is it that? All, all that stuff, right?
0: The weather, the days. The yeah, days. yeah. Yeah. Just very for very little kids. interactive
1: visual schedule. He talked about um, timers that our kids could have and use so they can start to uh, start to kind of understand when their time is running out, so they have a warning. Um,
0: I think they can use. I think that's good to use with other stuff too, not just schoolwork. I think yeah. I'm thinking playtime, park time, right, uh, TV right. time.
1: And we also jumped into associations. I thought that was kind of cool. How he was like, look, you got to change something, and so potentially here's my teacher hat, right? I thought, I thought that was really interesting, whether it's uh, some article of clothing or something that your kid's like, oh, she's or wearing space. it or he's he's wearing it, right? Or, or actual space. Right, or actual space um, to create a different association for our kids. And uh, he also talked about, um, he, he also talked about communication with your job. Uh, everyone knows we're in a crazy time right now. And so hopefully you have a job that you can communicate and understand like, okay, I'm in a situation right now and I need to you know, have this conversation with my management or boss to say, cool, we need to uh, shift things a little bit for me just to be able to uh, give our kids a decent education. True. All those things. We went over a ton more. Uh, you can certainly go back to listen to the episode. Chaz also has an amazing TikTok uh, that we talked about. You guys already know that. So check that out at TickTeachTalk. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so that's it, guys. Thanks for uh, sticking with us during this episode. We hope it brought you tremendous value. And uh, uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. So what is it? wwwbuymeacoffee slash GYGIM. Dot
0: com slash every time.
1: Right? Okay. Well, it's going to be linked in the show notes. But thanks for those of you.
0: Some of you have already gone to... WWW, w yeah. doesn't even says See? anymore. Buy I know, me right? coffee.com slash am U I M two yes. buyers of coffee because you must like what we do. Maybe you like us. Probably me, not Chris. So much,
1: Definitely but. not me.
0: I'm just kidding, but honestly, thank you to those of you who have already done that. It means a lot. We do put a lot into this show, and that's why we're always shocked when we have another episode up because it is not <laughs> easy <laughs> as just hopping on the mic like one might think. So Uh, That's buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M if you would like to help support us in that way.
1: Yeah, and thanks for the supporters who have already. So that's it, guys. We'll see you on episode